This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Addie. And I'm Tommy. And you're listening to Series 4, Episode 19, Standoff. And let's start it off with some announcements. Uh, the first announcement is more of a reminder. Listen to the episode and then send us your questions uh, because today is the very last day that you can send them in for post-game chatter. Uh, yeah, let's go through a little bit of a rundown of how uh, the end of Series 4 is going to is gonna lay out. Uh, so like Addie said, uh, today is the last day that you can submit your questions for post-game chatter. That's because the finale to Series 4 is going to uh, release a week from today on the 16th. Um, There won't be any words with the GM uh, for that episode. Instead, we'll just give a quick little intro, listen to the episode, and the reason for that is because after the episode, we will have post-game chatter where the entire cast sits around, talks about everything, and answers your questions. So uh, listen to this episode and send your questions to us via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, EssentialNPCs.com, EssentialNPCsPodcast at gmail.com. Let us know uh, what you want us to talk about. Um, The week following that, May 23rd, uh, we will not be releasing a full episode. However, we will be releasing the Series 4 bloops, bloops, um, which is uh, the blooper reel. So uh, have some fun with that. And then May 30th. Uh, is going to be the premiere of Series 5. Shadowrun. Yeah. um, May 30th, uh, Series 5 will begin... uh, those of you more new to the uh, podcast or possibly, you know, who haven't listened to every single one of our episodes, <laughs> Series 5 is a continuation of a story. Uh, we actually did Shadowrun in Series 2. Um, so this is uh, taking most of the characters from that story and continuing the journey. So uh, if you haven't already listened to Series 2, uh, you can go check it out on our website. Uh, and for those of you who don't know a whole lot about Shadowrun and the Shadowrun universe, it is a cyberpunk future where magic came back into the world and all kinds of crazy stuff happened. In a nutshell, Shadowrun is kind of like Blade Runner cyberpunk meets Dungeons and Dragons fantasy. (laughs) Uh, So uh, if you haven't listened to series two, I highly recommend it. Um, And even if not that, uh, if you haven't played Shadowrun, look into it. It's a really cool system and uh, we're going to be playing it in a couple weeks here. Uh, But let's get back to Tefra. Yes. <laughs> and words with the GM. Hello. Hello, GM. Hello. This words with the GM Hello. is about series four, episode 18, Hall of the Mountain King. So let's just let's just get it out there. Mm-hmm. Some big reveals happen. Oh, yeah. The Duncan Furter reveal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... I have a feeling that Duncan Furter's story isn't quite finished yet, so um, I'd like to save that for post-game chatter. Yeah, we've actually gotten uh, uh, a bunch of questions for post-game chatter already, um, and, you know, Duncan Furter's in there, so, um, and we have more time in post-game chatter to really, really get into it. So uh, listen to post-game chatter next week. I will ramble about Duncan Furter for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And instead, talk to you about something else 
you okay for the listeners at home uh i'm getting quite the stink eye <laughs> oh i see what you did there <laughs> very punny you were gonna cover me in poop <laughs> i mean you know I, it wasn't a guarantee and it didn't happen so it's okay uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a great example uh, of uh, uh, something you can do as a GM where um, not every threat uh, needs to be life or death. That's not cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it wasn't even like a threat of death. They were like, you know, there were ridges for you guys to hold on to. You had wings wow. like Hannah Solzen had a grappling hook. Like there was never like your life wasn't in danger climbing up the poop chute. You guys were sitting there <laughs> in terror, uh, not because your life was in danger, but because you were really <laughs> did not want to be covered in poop, which is a reasonable thing to do. But like when you think about like a game like this, you know, it's usually like your decisions are based on like, you know, well, will, will my character survive? Will I get XP? What are the rewards? Risk versus reward, right? Like, there's actually no mechanical risk going up the poop shoots. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was purely just a story risk, but it was enough to be treated as like as massive of a threat as old pal Doris. It was like that much, that much level of tension and terror coming from you. When I was like, "Cool, roll a d12. I'll roll a d12. If they match, you'll get." Get covered in poop. Oh, is that what you did? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what did you roll? I didn't roll the same number as you, and that's the important part. <laughs> I had uh, uh, you roll a d12 to determine what tunnel you were in, uh, and I rolled a d12 to see which tunnel shot out shit. Um, and if they were the same number, then you were in the tunnel that shot out shit. Oh gosh. <laughs> but uh, it just goes to show that uh, not every threat has to be uh, life or death or really have any mechanical consequence whatsoever. Sometimes, you know, just threatening to make something really gross is enough to make players go out of their way to try and avoid it. So let's move on to favorite parts. <laughs> <laughs> sure. What was your favorite part? Well, I'd like to say the whole Duncan Furter story and scene and everything, but really after I thought about it for a while, and, and this is when I was listening to the episode, it's that the thought that the core delete is like so ridiculously um, like just out of touch with everything. They were like, hey, remember that butler? Do you think we could make him again? <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're so larger than life and like over the top with everything they do. Yeah, and like that just like, I so enjoyed that it it felt really thought out and in character, which is like the most ridiculous thing of everything <laughs> because like all of it is like super bizarre and like really, really weird. And nobody's like, oh, that doesn't sound like a real story. That doesn't sound like something the court elite would do. It's like, yeah, of course they fucking did those. God, they're so crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was my favorite part is, is that it was very much in line with everything I expected. <laughs> That's great. Um, so what was your favorite part? Uh, my favorite part uh, as a GM was uh, it was kind of this this uh, this like pat on the back moment that I had. Um, it uh, it's it's it revolves around Hannah Solzen. Uh, I was I was proud that I was able to make her uh, kind of exactly what I wanted her to be. Uh, and you can and you can really see it in the moment um, when you guys are like, okay, we're gonna help out Team Cornfoot. You know, they're assholes. We hate them, but you know, Hugo doesn't deserve to die, so let's go. You know, and like you're you're gonna put your life on the line to go help out uh, these people. And uh, Hannah 
Solzin walks up and she's like, look, that's great and all. You guys are going to go be heroes. But like, I'm not putting my crew through that. That's a fucking suicide mission. We're getting out. That's the smart thing to do. And that's what we're going to do. And you guys didn't begrudge them for like a moment. You just immediately were like, cool. Can you take Fiona with you? Because like she should get out. And they're like, yeah. And then like, um... Uh, that that just let me know that I I had perfectly crafted Hannah Solzen to be to have the kind of relationship with you guys that I wanted, so that you wouldn't dislike her for that decision she was going to make. I think, in addition to to developing a really strong character that felt like a good guy who does bad things, um, occasionally, yeah. It was also, I think, that you were able to personify Team Cornfoot as, as such, like, not worth it. And if it had <laughs> been anything other than Mortal Peril, maybe we wouldn't have, like, gone and helped. <laughs> so um, I don't even know that, like, Team Jollypot, anybody on Team Jollypot felt really strongly that they were glad that they were doing this. <laughs> so when Hannah was like, hi, I'm going to speak some truth at you for a second. This is dumb. Don't do this we're not gonna everyone was like you're not wrong you're not wrong please go um but yeah it was definitely i think it was was had a lot to do with who you made hannah but i think it also spoke to the um sort of depth of character you were able to develop in everyone yeah i i had a lot of fun with every npc in this uh series so um uh, I'm kind of sad to see a lot of them go as the series gets closer to an end, but oh well, at least I had my moments, <laughs> but, uh, that's enough talking. Uh, we need to move on. There's still a couple episodes left to go guys. Uh, so let's move on forward and listen to series four, episode 19 standoff. Enjoy. Hello, I'm Barnabas Gunsby, famous big game hunter and adventurer. I come from common birth, but I've used my skills to make a name for myself. I often go on expeditions to explore the world and its many lost secrets, to tame once wild lands and lay my eyes on wonders few have seen. I've written books of my exploits to help fund my adventures and while the books have brought me wealth and fame, many believe them to be fiction. It's cast a sad shadow over my once great career. But I have been selected to participate in the great Atroposian Circuit, where I shall prove to the world that Barnabas Gunsby is a true legend of adventure. Hello, I'm Talia Nazari. It's true, I am Varishta royalty, and that's all well and good, but ruling is certainly not my true passion, but a duty I fulfil nonetheless. You see, I'm first an inventor and engineer. Self-taught, but I'm very good, a natural. And I suppose that natural talent has only been helped along by a lot of time spent in solitude. But you should see all the sorts of things I've made, mostly through trial and error. I am certainly not afraid to jump in and get my hands dirty when needed. 
as fate would have it, being an inventor led me straight into what I believe will be one of the most interesting times of my life. Mr. Cornelius Jollypot has asked me to join his team for that great Atroposian circuit. Can you imagine? Of course I said yes, only bolstered by the fact that one of my teammates is Mr. Barnabas Gunsby, my favourite author. We're sure to have a fantastic time and perhaps even have the chance to win. I can't wait to leave Dalvozia and see the world with my amazing and talented teammates by my side. It's all so very exciting. I'm Ezekiel Quaglin, gnome pilot extraordinaire, but my friends call me Zeke. I grew up in Paldoris before the hurricane wars. When the Aedin attacked, I joined the military to do my part in defense of my people. When it came time to return home, we realized that in winning the war, Paldoris had become an uninhabitable wasteland. The Infernal Church of Jinzi swooped in to save the day with their city-sized stormships. This spelled salvation for many of my people, and though I was never particularly religious, I was happy to accept the church's appointment as pilot of Jinzi's Hammer. I flew the city for several years, but I never really enjoyed living on that mechanical monstrosity. When the Evanglesian Civil War broke out, I quickly volunteered for the Jinzi Corps to lend aid to the militarists. Though we lost, I earned admission to the High Flyers, and after the war, used my connections there to become a commercial pilot. It's not glamorous or exciting work, and it barely pays the bills, but it let me fly the skies. When Jollypot offered me a spot on his Atroposian circuit team, I was happy to accept in hopes of retiring to a life of luxury. I mean, even if we don't win, at least it won't be boring. The last time we left Team Jollypot, they had made their way into the heartland of the country of Siesh, which apparently is in the middle of a coup. Um... Uh, the emperor has been murdered, and uh, the 19 dukes that rule uh, the larger part of Siesh um, are being led by Duke Nikolai Grishin uh, in uh, a bid to take over the ruling of um, the country. Um, some royal forces are still uh, at work fighting the, uh, the uprising, and... In the thick of it, we have Team Jollypot, who uh, made their way into uh, Mount Siberius uh, to try and find Duncanfurter to check in, and uh, they found Duncanfurter in a cell, uh, and also found Team Cornfoot uh, in a cell, missing one member, Hugo Witherton. Uh, they did all this with the assistance of Team Adams, who they had met outside the mountain. Uh, Team Adams uh, made their leave after helping Team Jollypot find Duncanfurter, as was the agreement. But Team Jollypot has now made a tentative alliance with Team Cornfoot, uh, because Hugo Witherton's family has long-standing ties with the old emperor, and anyone who is apparently uh, a fixture ally to the emperor is subject to summary execution uh, at the summit of Mount Siberius. Um, 
So Team Jollypot has offered their services in the rescue attempt of Hugo Weatherton. You guys are, uh, you have left the detention block and uh, you are heading towards the Eastern Hangar, uh, which is where Duncan Furter believes is most likely where Hugo Weatherton is being uh, moved to, uh, as the Western Hangar was mostly completely destroyed during the beginnings of the rebellion, and the main hangar uh, is currently under the control of the royal military, or at least what's left of them. Um, your agreement, I believe, was to aid Team Cornfoot in rescuing Hugo, and then escort Duncanfurter down to the main hangar uh, to get him back to his ship, uh, which he said he will allow you uh, passage on uh, on your way to the finish line, as he needs to get out of Siesh. <laughs> um, so, uh, you guys are heading towards the eastern hangars. I need everyone to roll uh, sneak er, uh, roll dexterity for me to see how well you sneak. Barnabas, what'd you get? 25. Zeke? I got a 19. Okay. And Talia? 18. Okay. And what'd Gerald get? One. Okay. Uh, He's been very stealthy up to this point. <laughs> uh, as you guys are approaching, you start hearing voices as you're getting closer to the hangar. Uh, people shouting across the hangar to each other, movements of loud machinery, engines spinning up and... and uh, 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 Seems like planes flying out, um, you know, lots of lots of hustle and bustle. And as you guys approach, you're kind of like trying to get a little bit closer, maybe even get a line of sight. And Gerald just flat out knocks over a trash can on the way, just and he's like, whoop, whoop! <laughs> cripes, fuck. <laughs> and someone goes, hey, what was that? Room? I don't know. Go check it out. All right. And uh, you hear uh, footsteps starting to approach you. Everybody hide. We'll bonk their heads and knock them out when they come around the corner. Okay. You all dart around the corner and wait. Uh, who's doing the bonking? I guess I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a second. I will do additional bonking. No, uh, uh, Zeke, the guy comes around the corner and uh, you're standing on Gerald's shoulders and you jump off of his shoulders and go bam and hit the dude right over the head and he falls down unconscious. All right, well, I'm not going to do this whole thing. Somebody grab him and drag him away. (laughs) Gerald picks him up and walks over and sets him in a dumpster. (laughs) We need to act quick because they're going to miss their comrade. Yes, that's fine, Gerald. Thank you. Also, Gerald, come here. Um, Give me your hand. And uh, he raises up his uh, he raises up his right hand. Uh, and I slip over sort of a gauntlet thing and I screw it on. Um, it's Whoop. what I made out of half of the um, bioflux gum that I found. Uh, so it's like this, uh, it kind of looks like an extension of his normal hand, uh, but in the center there is like a glowing dim blue light uh, sphere right in the palm of Gerald's hand. And he goes, woo woo. Don't point it at yourself. Woo. It's it. It'll make people dizzy. So if anybody comes round, you can make them dizzy. Um, also, if you hit this button, there's a little shield. He presses the button, and like a little circular energy shield goes like around his uh, around his hand. He's like woo, and he like makes like a pose similar to what you've done with your shield and sword. He's like woo woo, uh, and then. Anybody who's looking will notice I've taken the other half and made a bracer for myself 
uh, with a little bit of a like dim b- glowing blue line going from the back nearby her elbow uh, down to her wrist uh, that kind of pulses a little bit. Mm-hmm. Good. All right. Uh, Mr. Duncan Verter, do stay close to Gerald. Oh, you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I peek around the corner from where this guy came. What do I see? Uh, roll cunning to notice. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Edith kind of like moves in position on the other side of the alleyway. And she's like, if you want, I can go in close and get a uh, get in position uh, for an ambush. Uh, I got an 11. Okay. Uh, you see a little more than half a dozen um, men running around with insignias that are flaming swords with wings. Um, as they, uh, they seem to be like loading up like fighter planes, sending them off. Um, you also do see a, uh, a convoy of prisoners. Each one is being loaded up into the, uh, back of a plane and then sent off with a pilot. Uh, do I see Hugo among them? Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, three prisoners remaining and one of them is Hugo. Yeah. All right. Um, so Hugo's in there. They're loading them into planes. We don't have a lot of time before they load him into a plane. There's about a half dozen guys. Um, I can't see the whole hangar. Is that correct? Not from here. You can see a good amount of it, but... Uh, All right. I can't. I can see a lot of it. I can't see the whole thing. Um, do I see a way that we could set up and ambush these folks? Uh, the hangar door that leads out into like the, um, uh, like the city or this, this level of the city... Uh, it is pretty tall. It goes almost all the way to the top where the uh, uh, where the uh, ceiling is, like the rocky mountain ceiling is. And then uh, as far as width goes, it's about like 15 feet wide. Um, if you guys were to like circle around uh, using different like alleys and stuff, you could get against the wall basically and slide along it towards uh, where that slit is. There's a... Uh, one guard standing inside there right now. The other guard is the guy who came into the uh, in to investigate the noise you made. Okay. Um, do I think we have that much time before they load Hugo up? Uh, hard to tell. You don't. You don't really. It's like there's so much hustle and bustle going on that you're They're not, not like exactly... pumping a prisoner into a plane every second. Like... Right. Right. It's like you see like you. There were four when you looked and you saw one of the four getting loaded into a plane as they were like, hey, we're ready for one. Send it over. And then like he gets loaded into a plane. But there's like every once in a while like and then like as that plane gets loaded up, another plane is getting loaded up with like actual fighters that are then going out to go like attack somewhere, presumably. So like. All right. Well, then I I relay the layout and how we might ambush them to everyone. uh, And I say um, there's no telling how much time we have. We got to move quick. Um. Also, they don't have any weapons, right? Uh, Edith and Isaac? Yeah. Uh, no, they don't. Okay. Did the man who came out to check, did he have a weapon? Yes, he had a knife and a pistol. Uh, Edith has already grabbed both of them. Okay. <laughs> I was going to grab them if they hadn't and give them away. Uh, she I has hand a- my pistol to, to Isaac and say, this pistol means a lot to me. I better get it back. Yeah, sure, whatever. It's old. Yes, it is. Do you not want it? No, of course I want. Well then. And then like Edith kind of grins uh, and she like kind of like checks the like balance of this knife she has and she goes, "So, uh, want me to get in position or are we going all at once?" Go ahead and get in position. We'll also get in a position uh, and we'll just ambush him. Okay. Uh, she circles around and gets right up uh you as you're sitting there. You see that the guard uh 
the guard who's waiting for the guy who was investigating has a turned on an Illuma torch and it's kind of scanning the area with this flashlight to try and be like, well, did you find anything? And he's looking around and uh, you see Edith kind of like slide into position along the wall right nearby him. So if he were to step out, she'd be right next to him. And I guess we sneak around the by the hangar door. Uh, yeah, the speed and stealth with which Edith moved to get into that position is quite surprising. And you guys start moving, and I need everyone to roll sneaking to not be noticed by the guy. Uh, Zeke, what'd you get? I got a 24. Talia? Uh, 21. Barnabas? 18. Okay, I'm assuming Duncan Furter and uh, uh, Gerald, Gerald are back. hanging back. Mm-hmm. Um, Barnabas and Talia, uh, Zeke kind of like darts low underneath like a broken uh, wall that he can very easily hide under and you guys kind of crouch to like follow him and in that moment uh, uh, the flashlight shines in your direction he's like hey who's there and he steps forward and as soon as he steps forward uh, Edith just like darts out and stabs him right in the throat and like lays him down slowly and then like drags him out of sight did anybody react to that Uh, it doesn't seem like it not inside the hangar anyways. Right. But now both of the guards that were posted are missing. Right. And there is blood there. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, you guys get in position on the other side of the hangar door. Uh, the hangar itself is quite large. Uh, there's a lot of space in between, uh, uh, like, the entrance that you guys are hiding at right now that leads into the city and the, like, face of the uh, of the mountain that is the door leading out into the night sky which is a there's a big hangar door and it's kind of cracked it's not fully open you can see that it could be open to the like allow a very large ship in or out but right now it's just like open about 40 feet wide uh to make just enough room for the uh the planes to fly through uh and the planes are slowly being taxied into line so that they can fly out um and uh there's only a, a handful of planes left uh, and, uh, as you get closer, you do get a little bit of like a peek into the angles that you couldn't see from where you were hiding from. You count about eight people, uh, working that are armed and like maybe like two or three that are like purely just like moving equipment around and like engineering on the ships and stuff. Um, is that in addition to the people I already saw or that's the total people in the hangar? That is the total people in the hangar that you've seen so far. <laughs> do I think a, uh, that the planes in this hangar, uh, their engines and everything going would cover the sound of gunfire? Hard to say. It's possible, but it's also possible that it could be heard. There is a lot of noise and hustle and bustle echoing around inside that hangar, but guns are very loud, especially your gun. And the the prisoners, you said they were chained? Uh, yes. Uh, ankle, Together or? Nope. Okay. Ankles and uh, their ankles and wrists are both in manacles, and those manacles are attached by a chain, but the prisoners themselves are individually uh, constrained. They are not, like, chained in one line. Right. All right, we're ready for another one. Send him over. Uh, one of the three uh, people uh, who's not Hugo uh, gets grabbed and escorted over to a plane. The plane starts at the propeller, and the guy gets loaded in. And, uh, and they're like, all right, you're clear. Go, 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 go. Um, how far are we from the ambush position we were trying to get to? Uh, no, you've made it to the door. Okay. Like, but, like, uh, Edith is waiting. Like, you guys are waiting at the door leading into the hangar. Uh, for you to enter the hangar, I'd need you to roll another stealth roll to, like, enter in, you know? Uh, I think we do then, yeah? Yes. I'd like to do it before this plane takes off, but maybe we can't. I mean, it's it's spinning up right now, and they're, like, loading in and, and like, checking. Yeah, yeah. Right. While that's going on, you wanted to do something? Uh, 
Well, I want to. I I want us to sneak in. Okay. Uh, go ahead if you guys want to like enter in, uh, enter in through the door and try to like jump behind like some crates and some pillars to try and uh, get closer to everything and actually enter the hangar itself. Go ahead and roll sneaking. I got a twenty-two. Okay. Uh, Zeke. I got an eighteen. Okay. Um, Barnabas. Fifty-one. <laughs> uh, Barnabas and Edith slip in like uh, like they're fused in with the wall. They slide up in the shadows and get behind uh, some ammo crates together. Uh, they get a pretty good forward position, like just perfectly timing their advancement to like walk behind an engineer and like walk around where a guard is, so that like no one sees them get into this nice little cul-de-sac of uh, of crates. Um, and uh, Talia, you uh, you and Isaac kind of slip in and move around like the to the right uh, into that kind of corner area to try and like cert- like follow the the edge of the hangar around to try and get a little closer to where Hugo is being held. Um, and uh, Zeke, you uh, you start um, walking in uh, and you are like kind of like trying to get up behind like one of the pillars just a little bit in further from uh, where the door is. Everyone's a little bit faster than you. You got short legs Uh, (laughs) and uh, you start moving forward and then you feel a warmth on your hand. And as you get into position, you look and you see that your uh, staff, the runes on your druidic staff are glowing like a, like a, a, a fiery, like yellow. And you suddenly like feel this, like, this hair stand up on the back of your neck and you suddenly realize like you've been spotted and you were about to be attacked. Um, okay. Doc. And I dive behind some crates. <laughs> uh, right as he, uh, dives behind the crates, uh, Talia and, uh, and, or Talia, you and Isaac both kind of hear that and you both turn and like instinctively like follow his lead and like move into like cover Barnabas and Edith. Uh, you guys ha- are a little bit forward and you don't actually hear uh, Zeke like whisper shout duck as he dies forward. And um, you, uh, you guys hear, what are you a bunch of amateurs? You got hostiles and uh, uh, guns uh, go. Doof, doof. And, um, Zeke, I need you to roll evade as one shot goes towards you. I got a 26 on my evade. I got a 37. <laughs> That's a high number. Should I dodge the second one? Uh, well, you get hit by the first one. Go ahead and roll defense. Oh, you actually don't soak anything. Your armor is pierced. No, no. Zeke, you take 32 hit point damage as uh, as you... Uh, Yell, duck, and leap. Uh, the bullet whizzes by you, and you slide. And in your in your haste to avoid the shot, you smack your head up against uh, against some crates. And there's like a, a like kind of a like a bruise and a slight, just small trickle of blood down your forehead. Better than being shot. And then the second shot comes in as you're like scrambling to fully encase yourself in this cover that you've dove to. I got a twenty. This one you avoid. <laughs> Uh, this shot, uh, uh, whizzes right by your legs as you duck them in. Um, and, uh, now I need everyone to roll priority. Zeke, what'd you get? Yeah, I got a 20. Talia? 16. Uh, Barnabas? 11. All right. Zeke, you are up first. You peek your head over the, uh, over the crates to kind of get a lay of the land, see where those, that shot that barely, like, missed you came from uh and you see dropping down from some crates nearby the entrance of the hangar 
large, muscular man covered in prison-style tattoos wearing, uh, like, armor on his chest and shoulders that doesn't really cover his arms or, like, even the bottom of his torso, um, and uh, a gas mask wielding two very large, unique-looking pistols. It is, in fact, Tink of Team Fiddleworth, who just uh, took a shot at you. All right. I take out my pistol, uh, and I shoot him in the groin. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go ahead and roll accuracy. It's a 16. All right. Uh, you shoot, uh, and he uh, he sees you pop out to take the shot, and he um, sidesteps, and uh, instead of uh, hitting him, like, in his cod piece as you intended, uh, you instead, like, kind of, like, hit nearby his belt on his hip and like cut you know, like kind of like graze his uh his side and like a little like his pants like split open there and like he like uh his like muscles flex and he continues his advance um he has to soak the damage though right yes how much damage? uh it's 14 okay all right uh and zeke he uh uh reaches down on like behind his back um and as he does uh he says now it's upsetting that it came to this. I had hoped, he pulls out uh, what looks like a grenade, that uh, we didn't really have to kill anybody. He pulls the pin on it, uh, and he goes, but unfortunately, y'all forced my hand. And he tosses a grenade into your vicinity. Nobody believes that. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, I need you to roll brute for me. Uh, is this a resist? It is a resist. I resist heroically with luck. Okay. <laughs> well, I rolled a one on heroic, so that's a 24. Oh, because you're free from failure. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, so that's a plus six to your luck roll to resist this. That's a 25. Zeke, this grenade lands nearby you. You kind of shuffle into your corner, like kind of pinned in, because you know if you jump out, he'll just shoot at you. Um, and uh, instead of exploding the grenade, it goes and a gas cloud begins to fill. Um, but luckily, in this moment, as it fills the area, uh, the way that the spout is turned, it's shooting more upward than, like, sideways. Uh, <laughs> and because you are so small, the cloud is floating right above your head. It's starting to fill. Like, you're not safe. But, like, for this brief moment, you're like, oh, no. <gasps> and you take a deep breath <laughs> and, like, lower yourself down a little more. Um, but uh, he takes a shot at you through the cracks in the um, uh, the crates that you're hiding behind. I dodge. All right, roll evade. No cover bonus. No laughing. He, uh, he takes a shot at you, Zeke, uh, and through that little crack, he hits you. So you take 16 hit point damage. Uh, Anyone feel free to help at any time. <laughs> tank, uh, tank moves into position uh, behind a pillar, and he's like, keep loading up the planes. Boys, let's take care of this. And uh, uh, four of the guards... Um, who seem to respond to boys uh, <laughs> separate themselves from the rest of the group uh, as the engineers and stuff keep loading up planes and, and like and the pilots keep climbing in. Uh, four of the armed guards move into position to uh, uh, fight you guys, uh, trying to uh, get into like a, a like create a firing zone at your in your direction. Talia, it's your turn. All right. Um, so. Just so I'm clear about the lay of the land, if that's all right, mm -hmm. um, we've got Tank, who is between 
us and Gerald and Duncan photo? No, no, no. They're in the hangar. Okay. You guys, okay, so, so lay the land. Uh, you guys are uh, positioned around, but maybe a little bit away from the entrance to the city, the narrow uh, entrance to this hangar that connects the hangar to the rest of the city level. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, you and Isaac have moved uh, to the right, and I say to the right, looking out at the, uh, the large hangar door that is open for the planes to fly out of. Mm-hmm. Um, you and Isaac have moved to the right. Uh, Zeke has currently placed inside a cloud of smoke um, <laughs> uh, behind some crates. Uh, and Edith and Barnabas are a little bit forward from Zeke, uh, like a good 15, 20 feet in front of Zeke, uh, behind like a little, like, basically they have like a little fort of, (laughs) of crates around them that they dove into. Uh, and, um, then there's about 30 feet of no man's land from their position to where Tank is. Uh, as he is positioned behind a pillar and uh, some of his men, uh, one on a catwalk to the right, one on the catwalk to the left, and then two on the ground kind of flanking either side of of, uh, Tank's position are making kind of a line that blocks you guys from proceeding further in to the hangar where Hugo and the other prisoner are waiting to be loaded into planes. So... How far away is is Hugo and the planes from where I am? Um, Hugo is about 55 feet away from where you are. Okay, so I'm going to turn to Mr. Rosny and I'm going to go... I can get to uh, Mr. Witherton. If you can just hold off Tank and, and and his men... Help my team and I'll help yours. He holds up uh, Barnabas's gun. He's like, they don't stand a chance. And he cocks it. Uh, and I shall get to Mr. Witherton. Yeah. You turn on your wings and go swoosh right, right over Tank's men's position. Uh, and you land next to Witherton and the like guard who's standing there next to him, uh, who's not one of Tank's boys, uh, is like shocked by like your sudden appearance and he like stumbles back what do you do i'll hit the chain uh, connecting his anklets uh and tell him to uh run to cover and punch the guard in the face okay uh roll a strike for me against not the guard but the uh the chains to see if uh one single hack is gonna do the trick all right that's fair 11 yeah you ching cut one of the links uh, the chains fall loose at his ankles, and uh, he just looks at you like, "What?" Uh, and then, and then you throw a punch at the guard. Uh, go ahead and roll accuracy. Twenty-six. Okay, roll strike for me. That's a thirty-five. Thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> what? Hugo goes, "What?" And then you punch the guard directly in the face, fucking like hitting him right in the eyes, and uh, you like cut his eyebrow with your punch and like blood kind of seep like gets in his eye and he like blinks he's like a little blinded by it and he stumbles back he's like ah he's like grabbing his head and and Hugo like at that just like starts booking it <laughs> I hope he doesn't run at tank this is a bad move no anyway. he's 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 a smart man he's not going to run towards the, the team <laughs> he's not going to run through the mercenaries towards the team he is instead running to cover behind one of the airplanes all right all right Edith uh, turns to you Barnabas and uh, pulls the like orange 
colored uh, uh, or the goggles on her forehead with the like reflective orange lens orange lenses uh, down over her eyes. And right before she does, she winks at you, and she snaps the goggles over her eyes, and then she jumps up and like runs uh, runs like uh, along the flank to. Uh, uh, where the uh, guard is uh, up on the catwalk and with three quick leaps jumps off of a couple uh, crates to get up on the catwalk with him. The dude seems completely shocked by this. He like stumbles back and he's like, cause he was like aiming towards where Zeke was. And then all of a sudden Edith is like, like leaps up in the air and lands like a three point landing on the uh, uh, catwalk and uh, takes one shot at the guy, which he like kind of stumbles and ducks under. And as soon as he's like starting to like uh, regain himself from that dodge, she's already up in his face and like slashes right across his chest. And there's a gout of blood, uh, but the guy is still standing, but they are now engaged in Close combat. I think to myself, in in my head, I think, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then Isaac uh, runs up, takes a little bit of a position behind some crates, and pops off a couple shots at Tank, who uh, ducks behind the the pillar, and the pillar like takes the bullets, and then um, uh, pops back out to get ready to take another shot. Um, and Isaac then moves forward again to try and get to a better position so he can shoot around Tank's cover. Um, Barbus, your turn. So Tank is not aware of my presence, correct? Correct. Okay. I'm going to slowly pop up, take aim down my scope towards Tank. I got a tier two or a plus four to this. Okay. And what's your accuracy rule? 25. Uh, you line up your shot, you let out a breath, and, uh, then right as you're about to take the shot, one of the guys who's, like, waving, like, a little, like, uh, Illuma torch with, like, a orange cone attached to the end of it, uh, for the planes to move through, uh, his, his hand motion as he, like, is guiding the plane around, uh, shines the Illuma torch in your eye right as you take the shot, and, like, you take the shot, and it was, like, dead on, you were pretty sure you were gonna hit, uh, tank. Um, but then, like, you blink away, and you, you see that he's, like, ducked behind his cover, and you're pretty sure you missed him. Can I still see him? Yeah, he's not, like, in total cover. You just missed him with the first shot. I shoot him again. Okay. 32. That one hits. Uh, <laughs> how much damage is that? Uh, 36. Uh, that one, uh, hits Tank in the shoulder, uh, right where he has, like, a, uh, like, uh, a hard, like, pauldron. And uh, it knocks it off of his shoulder and it goes like clattering to the ground and he ducks behind his cover like cursing. I duck behind mine cursing. Uh, as you do, two shots come your way from uh, the goons that are flanking either side of uh, tank. So go ahead and roll evade twice, uh, Barnabas. You are uh, behind light cover, so take a plus four to these evades. And um, Talia, the uh, goon that is on the right catwalk, uh, kind of positioned a little bit above where Isaac is now, is going to like uh, kind of lean over the catwalk just slightly so he can get a, a bead on you, and he's going to take a shot at you. So go ahead and roll evade. Sure. I got 10 on both of mine. All right, Barnabas, you get hit by both. So I need you to soak two attacks at uh, 16 damage each. So I take 30 damage. <gasps> Uh, yep. As, uh, as both shots kind of like get you right as you're ducking back behind your cover, uh, one grazes your neck 
uh, and then the other uh, kind of like hits one of the crates nearby you, shooting shrapnel into your face, like in like that, like kind of like cuts your nose a little bit. Um, Talia, what'd you get on your evade? Uh, 23. Uh, you see him getting in position and you just kind of like duck and spin around uh, and his bullet shoots right over you. Um, the guard that you punched in the face is going to try and grab you, Talia. All right. Go ahead and roll evade. I, okay. Uh, 16. You're using your shield? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, uh, he comes, uh, uh, to like grab at you and you see him coming and you like make the hand motion required uh, to uh, to activate your bio zapper that you've attached to your wrist. And when you do that, uh, the uh, energy shield pops up, a circular kind of buckler around you, uh, like this glowing kind of semi-transparent blue energy shield uh, that... Uh, that you like, kind of hold up, and you bash him, bash it into him, and as you do, he uh, just like gets pushed back by the force of it, and bumps into the crates behind him, and hits his head, and falls down, and one of the crates falls over, and hits him in the head again, and then he just like goes unconscious. And uh, Zeke, it's back to you. I need you to roll brute for me, as this cloud of smoke has made its way to where you are. Okay, my first action was gonna be to turn on my jetpack and fly very far away. I know it's when you start your turn inside it that it has the effect. Great. I resist heroically with luck. <laughs> I'm going to 31 on luck. All right. You're holding your breath. You're closing your eyes and you activate your jetpack to get out of this cloud of smoke. Uh, but it, uh, uh, like you feel as this, like this smoke around you, uh, is like kind of caustic against your skin. Like it feels like itching, itching at your skin. Like it's like this burning sensation, but before it can get really bad, you just boost out of there. And, uh, uh, as you clear it and like get up into like uh, oh. solid air, you are into clean air. You open your eyes and you sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to end up in better cover from tank. You could go up to, if you're flying upwards, you could go up oh, to one of the catwalks. I didn't need to go up necessarily, okay. just away from this large cloud of smoke that burns. Sure. Okay. So instead of going upwards, I suppose you shot forward kind of nearby where Barnabas is, but... I've right. got 40 feet of movement. I go to what looks like the best cover from the biggest threat. Sure. Uh, yeah. You uh, you zoom forward out of the smoke. Uh, you open your eyes. You sneeze. And then you zoom to the right uh, and kind of position yourself in between where Barnabas is and where Isaac is. Uh, there's like a, a large like munitions crate there that is like, you know, a little bit taller than an elf. And so for you, it is extremely good cover. <laughs> All right. I'm out of action points. All right. Um, uh, Tank like sits there for a second um, and uh, reaches into his belt to pull out another uh, grenade. And uh, as he does, he's like... Everyone always assumed Fiddleworth was just in for the kill. He pulls the pin. He goes, it's a lot more finesse than that. And he tosses... No one believes you. He tosses a grenade towards uh, Barnabas. He's like, any one of you could concede right now and none one has to die. That's the deal we gave each team. And um, uh, Barnabas, uh, I need you to roll brute for me as the grenade lands uh, uh, nearby where you are. Can I resist heroically? It costs you an action point. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> six. All right, Barnabas, you take six damage, unsoakable, and you are disoriented now, which means that you have one less action point until you spend three action points reorienting yourself. Uh, as the smoke kind of billows into your little, uh, your little like hole, and um, and like 
before you can like gasp any fresh air, you gasp in some of the smoke, just a little bit of it, and it just burns your lungs and like just like feels like fire inside your throat. And it forces you to cough. And when you cough, you breathe in more of it. And then you're just like in this cloud. It's like attacking your eyes, your skin, the inside of your lungs. And uh, and as soon as like you like every cough like makes you more dizzy and more dizzy. And uh, he levels a pistol at uh, Talia from his position in cover. He, like, just, like, after he tosses his grenade, he just angles, he just, like, with his back against his pillar, he goes to shoot at you, Talia. Okay. I was going to ask, if I'm behind him, does he have cover for me? No. Okay. Uh, he, uh, he takes a shot at you, Talia. Go ahead and roll evade. 17? Having just bashed away the uh, uh, the one guard with your shield, uh, you turn just in time to see uh, Tank, who is shouting at everybody, uh, leveling his pistol at you, and he takes a shot, uh, and you already have your shield activated, so you just kind of like raise it up and drop to a knee to kind of like have it cover you a little better, and you uh, feel the force of the bullet ricochet off of your energy shield, uh, and like, uh, and he goes. Anyone can give up right now. Lay down arms and concede. I'm sure we can find Duncan Furter somewhere around here. And Talia, it's your turn. Neat. All right. Um, Barnabas is very hurt and in, in a cloud of, of horrible death smoke. Yeah, there's a greenish-brown smoke inside, uh, surrounding where Barnabas is, and you can hear him coughing. All right. Also glancing up to where uh, where Edith is, uh, you can see that um, the pistol she had has been knocked away from her hand. Uh, so she's just fighting this guy with a knife now, uh, though she seems to be holding her own pretty well. Okay. And Mr. Quaggan also's been hit a little bit and was in that smoky stuff. Yep, yep. He's got a trickle of blood down his, down I, his forehead. I look more wounded than you have seen me, but more or less okay. I am going to charge at tank. Okay. Uh, I'd say you have, from your position, you have 35 feet you can run at him. Right. Uh, so he uh, he takes a shot at you. You deflect it with your shield. You lower your shield. You draw out your sword, or you already have your sword out. You, uh, like, position your sword by, uh, to your side, and you stand up and begin sprinting towards him. Go ahead and roll accuracy. It is a... Twelve. Twelve? Uh, so, Talia, you hit him. Go ahead and roll strike. All right. So that is a 20. All right. How much damage is that? 18. Okay. Uh, yeah, you uh, you go and um, uh, kind of filled with despair and realizing that everyone's in trouble and this guy is definitely aiming to kill with that shot that you just deflected. Like, if it wasn't for your energy shield, I would have gone straight through your head. Uh, you charged him. And uh, you kind of juke to the right, and he kind of like moves to the left. And as he does, you spin around and like get your blade uh, against his uh, his unarmored uh, uh, waist, like that. You just get a good chunk of meat, like you dig it in and you slide it out, and uh, and uh, he like grabs that. Um, surprisingly, it didn't go that deep. Uh, it, you just mostly got like a got like a good like half an inch slash into his uh, into his muscles there and he grabs it like with his hand holding gun and uh, he like lets out like a grunt and uh, do you have any action points left? I do. What do you do? Okay, I will activate my unmarred perfection. I'm so pretty I glow a little. <laughs> uh, yeah, 
You, uh, he like looks at you like shouting out a grunt, and like you see in the like circles of his gas mask, they're tinted, but you can almost see his like glaring eyes underneath them for like a moment as he's like looking at you, and you see uh, your face reflected in the lenses. Um, You're also welcome to concede at any time. <laughs> um, as you say that, you hear, and uh, behind you, uh, Edith has uh, dispatched her goon. And uh, she drops down and starts moving to, like, intercept uh, Hugo, who is basically just hunkering behind, like, one of the uh, planes. He's just, like, hiding from any, like, possible stray bullet or anything like that. Um, And uh, Isaac uses this moment where you are interacting with uh, Tank to move around behind you, kind of nearby where that other prisoner was, and get into, like, some cover and shoot up at the uh, goon on the uh, uh, catwalk that was above him, like a catwalk on the right side of the hangar, uh, who um, uh, is uh, lining up, uh, like, trying to move into position to, like, get another shot at you while you continue to attack Tank. And Barnabas, it's your turn. Is there any better cover? Well, actually, beginning of your turn, I need you to roll Brute as you are currently residing in a cloud of death smoke. Tier two, I got a 10. That's enough. At this point, you've finally gotten enough of like a hold of yourself to like, just like forget about breathing. You cough out the air and you don't suck any back in. Your like chest is like pounding with both the pain of the toxin and the like desperate need for air. Uh, and uh, if you're looking for better cover, there's various cover like around. You could go to the left, uh, you could go to the right. Right is a little bit closer to where Tank is and where uh, uh, Zeke is. Uh, left is a little further away from Tank and there's uh, a little bit lighter cover over there. But uh, yeah, you could j- basically join Zeke in the cover to your right or you could jump new co- uh, jump into new cover to the left underneath the left catwalk, which now has uh, a dead body underneath it as Edith, Edith has f- dispatched that guy. I want cover where I won't die, because if I get hit one more time, that's what's going to happen. Any any cover is going to be relatively similar. All right, I shall join Ezekiel. Okay, uh, you dart out of the cloud of smoke, and uh, Zeke, you see Barnabas, his face red, his eyes like watering. Uh, run up, and as soon as he gets out of the smoke, he lets in a huge gasp of air, and he like stumbles behind the cover with you. Uh, do you have any action? Yeah, that's one action point, Barnabas. Uh, you got anything else? I'm going to use follow-up on Tank. Since I hit him last turn and he did not move, I get to the bonus. Sure. You've now kind of positioned yourself. You can you can uh, uh, see him, like, uh, almost as well as you could before. Um, his uh, Since he's been hit by Italia, he's a little uh, he's poking out a little bit more from the cover. And you take your shot. Go ahead. 34. You hit. <laughs> How much damage is that? Be 36 more damage. All right, Talia, you see as Tank is like trying to like pull back away from you to get like a a little bit like of a better view of you. uh, So you're not so close together. Uh, A bullet hits him on his other shoulder, uh, popping off that shoulder pad and uh, uh, like cutting him uh, with the with the impact. Um, And uh, and he lets out like another grimace and like and like looks over his shoulder to where like Barnabas and Zeke are. I fire my one more shot. Oh, Barnabas, you are down one. You are disoriented. Sorry. That's true. He's got one action point left. Yeah. I don't think there's anything. How far away is complete cover where I cannot be shot? <laughs> if you want to get to complete cover, you could run back out the entrance of the uh, uh, the hangar. To Duncan Furter and uh, 
Well, not quite to Duncan Furter and and uh, you left Duncan Furter and um, Gerald uh, like across the street from that area. Oh. I shall move to Duncan Furter and complete cover where I cannot be shot because otherwise I will die. All right, so you uh, you run out. Uh, you can't get like all the way across the street to where Duncan Furter and where you guys to where you guys left Duncan Furter and Gerald, uh, but you can get around the corner uh, and like put your back up against the wall on the other side of that little narrow, tall entrance to this hangar. Uh, and so you you break out of there. The light changes because the lights of the hangars are all just like on and like fully lit. But like once you enter the city, it is like in night mode. So like it's like you like enter and like uh, you enter the open area. And it's even though it's inside a cave, it feels like fresh air. And you like, it's like kind of cooling and stuff as you come around the corner and you like are breathing in the air. And it's so not toxic and you love it. <laughs> <laughs> and you've moved yourself completely behind uh, uh, that wall into total cover. My favorite part is not dying. <laughs> um, as Barnabas runs off to do that, uh, the goon on top of the catwalk is going to shoot at you, Talia. Um, the others are going to, one is going to shoot at Isaac and the other is going to shoot at you, Zeke. Um, Zeke, you benefit from light cover, so take a plus four to your evade. Uh, Talia, what would you get? Bullet whizzes right past you. Uh, the motions you're making to, like, uh, continue engaged with, uh, with Tank, uh, are making it hard for this guy to take a shot. Uh, and Zeke? I got a 21. All right. Uh, this guy shoots. You are ducked behind your cover. It pings off of the crates. Um, and the other guy shoots at Isaac and, uh, and kind of like wings him, uh, cutting his leather, uh, his like red leather trench coat. And, uh, Zeke, it is your turn. How does, um, how does Tank look? Uh, it's hard to see cause he's behind like a pillar fighting Talia, but you know, he's like, he seems a little shaky. He's got Talia right in his face and he seems a little perturbed by that. Like he doesn't, he seems definitely unbalanced by the turn of events. All right. And how far is he from me? Not too far. Uh, I'd say 15 feet. Uh, okay. I will get into melee range with him. Okay. Talia, you see as uh, Zeke appears around the pillar to join you in melee combat against Tank, uh, this little gnome against this gigantic man. Um, and then I'm going to hit him with my stick. Okay. Roll accuracy. I got a 10. All right. Uh, you jump up uh, uh, around the corner. Uh, he sees you out of the corner of his eye. He turns, and as you go to like uh, swing up your uh, your stick, he actually catches it with his large pistol, smacking it away. And you go in from the like other side, and he like moves out of the way of that. I have more action points. I hit him with my stick. Okay. Twelve. Uh, that time you hit. So roll strike. It's eight damage. In his, like, defense against you, he, like, smacks away your your stick, and then you go for, like, another blow, and he, like, moves back by, like, lifting his leg up, or pulling his leg back, and then as you're moving in for another attack, he actually kicks at you. You use that to jump up on his leg and be, like, lifted up in the air, and then you kick off of, like, you kind of bounce off of a, uh, uh, like, a stack of crates uh, that he kind of, like, kicked you into. Um, and as you do, you take a wild swing, uh, hitting him across the head and, uh, you hit his head and his head bashes into the, uh, into the pillar behind him, like cracking it. And, uh, he like looks a little dizzied by that and like kind of stumbles, uh, for a second and like, like has to like regain his balance. Um, and, uh, he like stumbles back away from, from Talia and you like kind of like 
shaking his head to get a like better look at you two. Um, and like he looks over to where Barnabas ran off to, and uh, he like goes, "Well, if you're not gonna concede, I guess I'll just have to go ahead and finish the job and just say y'all died during the rebellion." And then uh, you hear, "Mr. Tank, <laughs> I am appalled at your." Disregard for the rules of the Atroposian circuit. Barnabas, you're sitting there, your eyes are closed as you're gasping in air, and this voice is right next to you. You open your eyes, and you see uh, Duncan Furter walking up uh, into the into the hangar. Um, Mr. Duncan Furter, what are you doing? And he goes, not now, Mr. Gunsby. You, Mr. Tank, how could you disregard the rules? You were chosen. It is a great honor to be chosen by the leaders of the Atroposian circuit. Uh, his voice seems to command the room. Everyone halts and looks in his direction. Um, if any one of you tries to do anything, you will be at a minus six. Uh, <laughs> um, he goes, it is a great honor to be chosen by the, the core elite, and you besmutch their names with your dishonorable actions. And uh, uh, he continues walking forward. And um, he goes, now I must demand that you lay down arms and concede the race. Everyone looks at each other. Tank goes, ah, fuck it. And he shoots Duncan further. <gasps> Is there a way to jump in between him? You do not have the interposed specialty, so you can't. No, Duncan further. Duncan further uh, is walking forward. Tank takes the shot. Duncan further is shocked by it. Um, and almost manages to step out of the way, but it hits him in the gut. And uh, and he grabs at his gut, falls onto it, falls to one knee, and then tries to like get himself back up. And then Tank levels his other pistol and I takes would. another shot, hitting him again in the in the gut and laying Duncan Furter down. Uh, we are out of initiative for a moment as uh, Duncan Furter kind of reset the priority. What does everyone do? Um, I would like to heroically hit Tank with my stick. Okay. After Mr. Quaglin hits him with the stick, I would like to attempt to land a finishing blow at the risk of my own life. Uh, all right, yeah, you uh, you, pop, you pop out heroically as uh, as in like slow motion, Duncan Furter is falling back from his like position on one knee, uh, reaching out to like grab onto something nearby, but there's nothing nearby. So he like starts to fall all the way back as his back hits the ground and his head like bumps against it. Uh, Zeke, you leap out. No! (laughs) (laughs) And um, uh, what do you get? I got a 27 on accuracy. Yeah, you hit. I would like to heroically flicker. Sure. That's a tier four on heroics. Okay, so that's a plus 12 to your flicker. He has to soak five attacks at eight damage. So, uh, Zeke, you hop up in in the motion of you jumping up. You jab your uh, staff uh, into his ribs. You hear a cracking sound as you as you uh, break his ribs. Ooh, I aim for the spot where Talia stabbed him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you open up that wound nice and good, um, and then uh, as he grabs that, he actually like stumbles uh uh down towards your level you hook his uh you you hook his arm which is reaching down towards his broken ribs in your staff and like hug it to your body and like roll with it and dislocate it 
and then you spin around and slam your staff into his one of his knees, snapping it, and he falls down. And you snap the other knee with a with an equally like quick and fierce blow. Both of his legs are broken. His one arm is dislocated. His ribs are broken. And then um, uh, he raises a hand uh, to try and like uh, grab you. He's dropped his guns, and you uh, you with like a wide holding the end of your stick wide swing as you step back just smack his hand and it snaps and you see like a bone pop out of his wrist uh and uh barnabas you said you were coming around to deal a finishing blow i'm going to uh re-roll my follow-up okay tier three on follow-up okay so that's a significant accuracy bonus (laughs) i'm gonna aim so i got tier three on aim so that's a total of plus nine to accuracy Tier three for a called shot to the head. Uh, 23. Yeah, you hit. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's sitting there, both legs broken, one arm dislocated, the other hand snapped. Uh, Zeke, uh, he is kneeling in front of you, and even still, uh, you barely come up to his sternum in height. Uh, this is a mountain of a man. And uh, he's like looking at you, and you can hear through his gas mask, like him gasping for air, like a raspy breath. And like, it almost looks like he's gonna try and do something. And right as like his body starts to shift as if he's gonna like, I don't know, fall onto you and try and like, <laughs> like bite you or something. Uh, he starts to like make a movement. And then there's a, a behind you, Barnabas swings around the cover, lines up his scope, pulls the trigger. The bullet goes straight through Tank's head, snapping his head back. Um, and uh, you turn around seeing Barnabas uh, uh, reloading his shot, and behind him you see uh, uh, like Gerald running, uh, like with his like hand forward, like woo woo, uh, trying to like catch up to to Duncan Furter. Um, I'm going to run over to Mr. Or fly over to Mr. Duncan Furter and see if I can if he's alive and if I can at all stop any of the carnage. Uh. You uh, you fly over, swooping over to Duncan Furter. You land next to him. As you do, Gerald gets between you and all the rest of the enemies, uh, popping his uh, his energy shield on his hand uh, to try and like get, provide you good cover. Um, Barnabas is like, uh, as this is happening, Barnabas is like walking in, uh, finishing up, like looking around. Barnabas, as you're surveying the rest of the fight, you see as everyone is shocked with Tank's death, uh, Isaac goes bang bang and uh, shoots down both of the other guards uh, who were on the ground. And then the one who's on the, uh, uh, on the catwalk starts running towards a door and uh, Edith throws her knife at him, hits him in the chest, and he falls over dead. And yeah, but Duncan Furter is at your feet, Talia uh, kneeling over him. Um, and um, what do you do, Talia? I mean, is he alive? He is... Uh, he is Beyond saving, both of these shots through his gut are bleeding profusely. He's like barely holding them together and he's like coughing up blood and he goes, dishonorable bastard. Hang in there, Mr. Duncan Furter, please. I guess please so. hold on. What are you doing, Zeke? Uh, I, I go to Duncan Furter. Okay. It doesn't matter that they can't be healed. I'm do- going to try and stop. Yeah, you start applying dressings to the wounds, trying to, like, pad up the the, the blood flow, give him a little bit more time, try to ease his pain. Um, uh, um, did he tell me earlier whose Duncan Furter he was? No, he didn't. Okay, then I kneel down next to his ear, and I just whisper him, just like, whose Duncan Furter were you? Cornfoot. 
Okay. Shh. Easy. Easy. And look, look at me, Duncan Ferder. Look at me. Talk to me. Tell me about yourself. What are your hobbies? Uh, he blinks his eyes, a little confused at first. He goes, uh, uh, ho ho hobbies? Um, yes, Mr. Duncan Ferder. I've... Just tell me anything, please. He reaches up and grabs uh, with a bloody hand. He grabs your uh, your jacket and pulls you in. And he grab and like Zeke, you're nearby. His uh, his ear. He grabs you, pulls you in. He goes the reports. <laughs> I must submit my reports. You have okay, to get miss, me miss. to the Contessa. Uh, as this is happening, you hear three engines kick on. And you look back, and uh, as they're closing the uh, the cockpits, Isaac throws uh, Barnabas's pistol uh, into the middle of the hangar. They latch down the hatches, and which one is Isaac's plane? They start uh, they start taking off. Isaac's plane is the one to the right. I shoot out his rudder. Okay, go ahead and uh, take a, a shot at that. Nineteen. Uh, all right, uh, you hit the rudder. Um, there's definitely like a sound of mechanical trouble, uh, as like, there's a spark and, uh, his engine like smokes a little bit. He's still, if this, let me know if I can or not. I have enough action points where this is a combat turn to shoot him again. Yeah, go for it. I will take a shot at another plane. I'm going to shoot out its engine. Okay. Gerald picks up, um, Duncan Furter and we start running to the Contessa. Okay. Um, and along the way, if there are any like emergency medical boxes i'm going to like rip them off the wall open them up see if there's like anything to use and then um and then like if there isn't drop it all right zeke and barnabas take a minus four to your accuracy for these shots as duncan furter's grip is like iron on your clothes and you get pulled along as gerald picks him up all right then i got a 22 16 all right, uh, Barnabas, with Duncan for tugging at your uh, at your chest, your shot goes wide. Uh, Zeke, you managed to hit. Uh, the landing gear is lifting up. Uh, you hit the rudder. Uh, you see it clearly snap, and like his control definitely like wobbles. And uh, uh, the three of them take off. Um, Edith and Hugo's planes uh, making uh, making like a clean es uh, escape, whereas uh, you see. Uh, Isaac's plane uh, is like moving and like tilts sideways and like dips down. And then like they're kind of flying off in the distance, like about to like go out of view. You see like Edith and uh, Hugo like going in formation uh, and like pulling up like wildly and like falling down out of view. You see like uh, Isaac desperately trying to maintain control of this bird that is like very badly hurt. And it, they both they all uh, get out of view and you guys are being dragged with Duncan Furter as uh as uh, Gerald is carrying him. I uh, give that fuck six minutes before he crashes. <laughs> I um, hold on to Duncan Ferger's hand and I, I, I keep talking to him. I try to keep him, I try to keep him talking and alert. Okay. Roll cunning for me. And uh, Talia roll, um, uh, roll science to try to keep him alive a little bit longer. Uh, as you guys are running. Uh, what'd you get? Uh, Barnabas? 23. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you're talking to him and he seems like f fixated on what you're saying. And he's like responding with like the reports, the, the, the quarterly needs to know it's my duty. Uh, we and will get you your reports, but I need you to, I just need you to keep talking to me, Mr. Duncan Furter, please. Uh, and, um, and I have his hand and I'm, I'm holding, I'm supporting his head. 
and trying to trying to trying to talk to him. So you're supporting his head. Zeke or uh, uh, Gerald is like lifting him. Uh, Talia, what'd you get on your science? Uh, Twenty four. Okay, uh, Talia, you see like this, like you know you have a ways to go, and you like dart back in with your wings, and there's like cling, and then Talia comes wheeling up with like a, a, a like cart, a like tool cart, and uh, uh, Gerald like lays him uh, on the cart, and then grabs the cart and just starts running with it. And Gerald is very fast, and Talia is very fast, and Zeke is very fast. Uh, Barnabas, you're like struggling to keep up, but like the adrenaline is is uh, assisting you uh, in like holding on, and you're like holding his hand, trying to hold his hand, you've or trying to hold his head up. You've uh, taken your hat and like stuffed it under his head to give him like a, a little bit of like a cushioning under his head. Uh, you guys sprint to the nearest elevator because uh, the main hangar where the Contessa is is on floor uh, one floor below you guys on floor five. I want everyone to uh, roll uh, evade for me and you can do so heroically if you so choose. I do. Tier three on heroics. Followed by a one on evade, which leaves me at 22 on evade. <laughs> All right. So Zeke has a tier three evade. Uh, Talia, you have a tier... Tier two heroics. Um, tier four evade. Tier four evade. With a 38. Ooh. Um And Barnabas, what'd you get on evade? An eight. <laughs> okay. So uh, you guys are going down the elevator. Uh, the It's quiet, except for the hum. And the sound of Duncan Furter's quiet, fervent uh, uh, words to Barnabas as he continues to talk. Uh, Barnabas, what he's actually doing, you realize, is he's telling you how to submit the reports. He's like, get aboard the Contessa. Go to the terminal. It's linked to the Core Elite all around the world. You submit the you submit the code the uh, you submit my code uh, four two. You submit the reports. Indicate you know uh, tell them uh, the race order. Tell them who conceded. Tell them uh, tell them about the uprising. Um, that's like he's just like hushed, like focused on you as he continues to t- like repeat these things over and over again at you. Um, and I ask him very simple questions that I know the answer to, but that he will answer just to keep talking to me. Sure. Uh, and the elevator, bing! And you hear, go, go, go! And there's, uh, you guys have entered basically a war zone uh, as uh, as it seems like the um, the uprising has uh is making their move against the um uh against the uh main hangar um you guys appear behind them there is a gap that you can you can see into the hangar uh the barricade that had held, held up the hangar apparently has been blown up with uh with some charges uh so there's like burning wreckage in between you see people running around lobbing grenades shooting at each other um uh, you see people on jetpacks flying around like with lances like fighting each other and you see uh uh, you see automatons like flanking uh, with uh, with like sword arms, like fighting uh, fighting other people who are like wielding like swords and guns. Um, uh, there's like clouds of gas floating around. There's an explosion here, an explosion there, and uh, ahead, like dead ahead, through the center of all of this chaos, you guys see uh, the Contessa, uh, and Bar- and uh, Duncan Furter sees he- sees it too. Uh, it is a large, elegant ship. Um, seemingly uns- unscathed by this fight it seems uh it seems it is 
parked close enough to the exit of the hangar that it is in fact um, not been hit at all by any of this uh, any of this firefight. Just by looking at it, Talia, you know, and actually Zeke, definitely you know as well uh, that this is a sophisticated airship modeled after a brigantine boat. Um, it looks elegant in its design. It has the cordelite symbols on it. It's like the cordelite colors, uh, gold filigree around like the uh, the banisters. Uh, on the base of it, it is hovering just slightly above the ground, and you see uh, that it has four graviton orbs, two in the front uh, bottom hole, two in the back bottom hole, keeping it kind of hovered, uh, currently uh, activated, um, and um, the uh, uh, in the rear, because you can see from the angle you are at, uh, the rear uh, has uh, uh, three high-powered Aether engines uh, that are glowing like a, a, a like fiery orange uh like on standby and uh uh then the um you have a keen and uh, keen enough eye zeke that you can see that the uh what look like sails set up above the ship um are actually high durability canvas uh that act or that acts as rudders to give you steering side to side um so when you like use the like steering wheel on this thing like you turn it and like the sails will turn to like provide the the angle you need and because they run the whole length of the ship you can make like on the spot like flip arounds um and uh you guys see all this chaos and you just go bolting for it um and bullets are whizzing by you guys are uh using the chaos of the uh of the gunfight and the warfare to your advantage so that you can like get out of here. Um, and, uh, you're running, you're running, you're running. And, uh, uh, Barnabas, one of the bullets hits you in the arm. Uh, and, uh, you lose grip of, uh, of Duncan Furter's hand. Uh, and, um, he reaches and grabs like your, your shoulder, uh, continuing to like talk to you. And then Barnabas, uh, you get, hit in the ribs and you heal a snap as your uh as a bone cracks Ah! it slows Um, you down considerably seeing barnabas start to stumble i get big in stride and grab him (laughs) uh you grab on to duncan furter you you grab on like more out of instinct than and then uh an intelligent uh decision barnabas as you are falling and like slowing down and you know that like if anything you're going to slow Bar- uh slow duncan furter down by grabbing his hand but you're trying so hard to be there for the- him and then all of a sudden you're not falling behind and you realize you're also your feet aren't touching the ground <laughs> and you have been picked up horizontally and are being run uh run like a like a battering ram at the contessa by uh by big zeke <laughs> you guys get to the contessa um as you guys approach there's like a, a like sound as uh as like there's like a flash of light and uh uh the um walkway to the deck comes down as you guys approach Talia, you could roll science if you want to know what the hell's going on here. <laughs> I have an idea. 23. Uh, with that, you know that what just happened there was a, uh, like, there seems to be, like, a constant biometric scan going on. Uh, some kind of, like, probably based around some kind of bioengineered uh, uh, organism uh, on the ship, like encased in some sort of device to enhance its abilities. But what it is able to do is to sense, uh, uh, particular, uh, pulses and particular, uh, DNA samples nearby it. And, uh, 
you can only assume that it is uh, it is linked to Duncan Furter's biosignature. So that as soon as he got close, uh, probably when you guys were in the elevator, the graviton spheres kicked on and the engine kicked on, and then. Um, uh, when he got close enough to board, uh, it autom- it like automatically like confirmed that it was him approaching and uh, let down the uh, the gangway, and uh, you guys push him right up there on the cart. You get in uh, Zeke. The uh, the pilot's cabin is uh, kind of near the rear of the ship. Um, you can run right up to that uh, and get a hold of the controls. A punch it. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, you grab it. Um, as soon as you guys are aboard, the, the game plank comes back up uh, and the engine starts to stop like just humming and like warms up completely and gets ready for you to input controls, Zeke. You guys get into the main cabin. Duncan Furter looks real bad. Um, I'm going to trash the place looking for anything to help him. Is there like a medical bay or a med kit or... Like little potions or anything? Uh, While she's doing that, uh, I'm going to tell him, Mr. Duncan Furter, I'm going to submit those reports for you. I've got all the notes down. I'm ready to do it. But you need to stay with me, okay? Uh, he uh, he points he points to you, uh, uh, or he points past you, Barnabas, at a console nearby Zeke. Uh, there is a screen there with lights inside it. And you don't understand exactly what you're looking at. It's some crazy, like, new new technology, um, uh, state of the art. He points that there's like a there's like kind of has like a green glow to it. And he points that there's like little dials and a couple buttons. And uh, he's like, "There, re- submit the reports. Bring me. I'll do it myself." And he tries to like get up off the uh, off the gurney. No, 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 no. You stay laying down, Mister Duncan Furter. How about this? If you keep fighting, if you keep staying with me, I'll bring you over there myself so you can submit those reports. But I need you to promise me something. What? What is it? Anything for the call? <laughs> Stay alive. Stay with me, Mr. Duncan Furter. I can't let you. I can't let anything happen to you. Do you understand? Let's do it. Bring me. I must serve Sir Cornfoot to my dying breath. And you, uh, you wheel him over. This is not your dying breath, Mr. Duncan Furter. I summon all the strength within me, everything I have left to give. And I bring that cart over to the terminal and I allow Mr. Duncan Furter to fulfill that request. And I stay with him and I make sure he keeps talking to me. Um, so you, you wheel him over there. Uh, one of his hands is gripping onto your hand, almost crushing, crushing your hand. Uh, every step you take, you feel the sharp pain of your broken ribs as you wheel him over there. And with his other hand covered in blood, he like reaches out. His body is like shaking and convulsing. It is uh, cold to the touch, but you see his hand reaching to the console is steady as he presses four, two, turns the dial. It lights up and, uh, and, he presses a uh, presses a button. He goes. This is Duncan Furder reporting to the court elite. Talia, roll uh, cunning for me to notice to as you ransack this place trying to find anything that might help him. Um, twenty nine. All right. Uh, you open up a cabinet. It's got like some like liquor in it. You shut that. You look around. You're like ripping the place apart, and you find uh you find like in a room adjacent to this uh there's a loo. And uh, above the the sink there, this thing has running internal running water. What? Uh, Me? 
amazing. No, focus. <laughs> and you uh, you open up the medicine cabinet and you see uh, some um, herbs, uh, some like medicine. There is there is a, a trauma kit, um, and all of that catches your eye. But you also see a few vials, a uh, few a few alchemical vials. And you know at this point, while there is a trauma kit, while there's bandages and stuff like that, your only hope of possibly saving this man is in those alchemical vials. Uh, roll science for me. Can I do so heroically? You sure can. Okay. So that is a 17. All right. Uh, You're looking around and you are quickly able to identify uh, which of these are uh, medicinal, which of these are like combat uh, uh, potions. And then there's actually one that's poison. (laughs) And (laughs) (laughs) and you shove that one off to the side. You grab two that you think will do the trick. Uh, You're pretty sure you know what these ones do. You rush over to them as you do. uh, You hear, so for uprising and the emperor is dead. And now in first place. In first place. And he looks at all of you. Team Jollypot. <laughs> Second place. Team Adams. Third place. Team Cornfoot. Fourth place. Team Odlin. Fifth place. <laughs> he coughs up a gout of blood. Talia, you're getting there. You're trying to like open up his uh, his jacket and like move his like ascot out of the way so you can get to his wounds. Team Torchinovich. And banned from the race, as is my right as a representative of the Corps d'Elite, Team Fittleworth is no longer in the running for the victor's purse. <coughs> uh, he starts, like, shaking and convulsing, um, and uh, uh, his, like, hand smacks the, uh, smacks the console. It turns off. Um, Talia, you pull the corks, uh, breaking the wax seal on these, uh, on these um, potions. Instead of feeding it to him... You pour them directly on the wound and you see as soon as the the potion hits the air, it goes from being this like kind of like translucent peach color uh, to a solid tan color. And when it hits, it spreads and begins to create a liquid skin across uh, across his gut, uh, sealing up the wounds and like you see as it seeps into like the damage where the muscle tissue is like torn from the bolts that went through him. Uh, and like, it starts like patching up that area and, uh, he actually heals four wounds. (laughs) (laughs) I put my hand on his shoulder as I fly us out of here and I tell him Duncan tar would be proud. You say that you've already, uh, Zeke, while all of this was going on, you, uh, you just like, uh, roll a dexterity test for me really quick. Can I do so heroically? Yes. <laughs> 30. Uh, Zeke, you, uh, immediately understand how this machine works. Uh, uh, the layout you fly is. fly it. It goes. <laughs> the, the layout <laughs> is extremely sophisticated, actually more sophisticated than any vessel you've been at the helm of. Um, and yet you're still able to see like, okay, this lever here and you pull it down and like the graviton spears, uh, kick up the, you turn the wheel. So the rudders, uh, that look like sails turn to give you, uh, the angular motion that you need to like spin and face out, um, uh, the busted hangar door, which is just like, it got hit with something and like it's shattered and there's a small gap for, for the, uh, for it to fit through. Um, and, uh, as you do this, like you, you know, you see that there's like, uh, there's actually like, uh, uh, like mirrors that are, are, uh, so well angled, um, that you can see 
through like behind to the back of the ship. Like it's like they bounce around through these tubes. And then like, if you were to turn around and look behind you, you would see that like the reflection is coming from these two tubes behind you, but uh, they reflect onto these two glass surfaces next to you. So you see like these overlays on the, on the front of the, uh, uh, the cabin uh, that is like this illuminated reflection uh, looking back behind you. And, um, and you see as uh, one person uh, starts shooting at you just because you are a ship that is leaving. Uh, you can't tell if it's royal or if it's not. You don't care. You turn on the engine and there's this big flash of bright light. Uh, and that dude like jumps back and like dies for cover uh, as you turn the Aether engines uh, to full thrust. And you go zooming up. And right as you're getting to uh, the, the giant crack in this, uh, uh, in this hangar door, uh, you realize like if you go in the way you're going in, you're gonna break off the top of the of the sails, and so you uh, you turn a couple dials. You make the two graviton spheres on the right side of the ship uh, increase their power output just enough to give you like a forty five degree angle as you slip perfectly outside the crack and zoom out into the night sky. Um, and uh, and then that's like when you are able to then turn and like tell Duncan Furter your words of comfort. He takes your hand and he lets out like a sigh. And he goes, thank you, all of you. And he passes out. <laughs> uh, we'll put him to bed, for sure. Barnabas turns to, to Miss Talia Nazari. Virtue. <laughs> places his hand on her cheek. Virtue, Talia Nazari, thank you for saving this man. I've lost too many people already. And he pulls her in for a hug. I'm very excited. (laughs) (laughs) Barnabas Gunsby's giving me a hug. (laughs) What? (laughs) I hug him back. (laughs) And then I go put Mr. Duncan Burton to bed and redress his wounds. Well, I suppose he doesn't have all of them. I help out wherever I can. And I explain to and I tell her a few of my untold stories. From the Hurricane Wars. The sad ones. I'm terribly interested in them, but I also force you into bed after dressing your wounds because you are very hurt as well. (laughs) And I will not stand for you being up and about and active until you are healed. And Zeke, you hear uh, Talia bickering with Barnabas as he lays lays him down. uh, And you see the sun rising uh, as you make your way south with great speed towards the finish line of the Atroposian circuit. I'm not giving this ship back. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where we'll end the session. (laughs) This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by Cracked Monocle Gaming. Tefra, the steampunk RPG, is a trademark of Cracked Monocle Gaming, all rights reserved. Go to www.crackedmonocle.com for more information.